So, um, thank you for uh, dropping your device in the basket. Uh, I'm wondering if some of you brought it in here, have it ready to be dropped. Yes. So, please, that, that was the plan I had, but it went a little bit different. I thought we would do this like very dramatically, <laughs> like coming one by one. <laughs> so, uh, but what I'll do is I'll ring the bell for every uh, device that is in here, acknowledging that uh, this act of uh, extreme sport of renunciation. And uh, after I invite you to come and drop your device, and uh, I bet there are some in the hall also out there. So I'll, I'll ring for those two. So everybody's included. And if you want to drop your device later, because maybe you, you forgot about it or... Uh, you know, whatever you, the at the front of the in the manager's office, they'll be happy to uh, to take it at any time, right? Okay. And if you need it at any time, also, you can just ask us or ask the managers if something happens, so we're not caught in this. It's just a, a practice we do. to come forward, please come. So in these first 
sessions of the morning, afternoon, evening, we'll explain a little bit about the practices that we're going to do, and then try them together. And for some of you, this might be a review, uh, but maybe you'll hear something a little different than you have in the past, even if uh, you have practiced for some time. So for the next uh, three days, we're basically going to be practicing living with awareness as best we can. And living with awareness of whatever it is that we are experiencing uh, through our body, through the mind, uh, in our life. So in the Buddhist uh, psychology, the Buddhist teachings, what we call our life is actually the experience uh, that we uh, have through six different uh, sense doors, you could say. So seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, touching, the ones you learn in kindergarten maybe. And the sixth sense door is considered the mind. So the mind is also considered uh, a sense door, the same as your nose or ears are. And in our life, we hear sounds through the ears, and we receive uh, scents and smells through the nose uh, when we are conscious. And then similarly, we also receive impressions through the mind, which is thoughts and images and imaginings and a whole huge rich world of uh, past, future, um, plans, schemes, memories, old TV shows, pop songs, dreams, uh, all this stuff, is all actually just an occurrence that's happening in the mind. Now in this kind of meditation, uh, we don't consider thinking a problem at all. So it's not considered like a problem per se, like the goal is to stop thinking. But we are trying to practice having a mindful relationship to thinking. So as best we can, we want to be aware of when we are thinking, so knowing that we are thinking, and relating to it differently than we usually do. So usually when we're thinking, we're fully absorbed in that, and we get lost in thought a lot, and uh, fully taken on all these different trains of thoughts that come up. So in this practice, it's not a problem that the mind thinks any more than it is that your mouth will have saliva or something like that. It's just part of the human life. But rather than kind of getting on all of these trains, we want to practice Uh, observing and even investigating a little bit about what is this thinking, how it comes, it goes, so the process of thinking rather than the content. Also, we can be open to all of the different sense experiences. So we can be mindful of hearing, uh, we can be mindful of seeing, uh, we can be mindful of the body. And because we're not used to discerning what is happening usually in these different fields in this way, uh, we use some kind of like help, help techniques to train ourselves to be present. So even just to know when we're present and when we're not. So one of these is a basic one of using the body, awareness of the body, as a grounding place for our attention. So the attention usually moves between all these different fields, thinking, hearing, smelling, body, and all that. And for most people, we spend a lot of time in the field of thinking. So we actually live in our kind of imagined world of what our life is like. We get some hit of experience of maybe seeing someone, and then we imagine all about who they are and what it will be like to talk to them and what our future will be and all this stuff. And then maybe occasionally come back to get a direct hit of sense experience, right? 
So in this case, we want to just be aware of that process and train our attention to be present, to know what is happening, and the body is a good place to train with that. So that includes even as simple as just knowing right now that you're sitting here. So feeling the pressure of your feet on the ground, feeling the pressure of your connection to your chair or cushion, and whatever that feels like uh, is fine. Is Actually, that's the experience in the moment, uh, which is always changing and varying. So we use a very simple, uh, a simple place to kind of come back to, which is the body, the breath. And we'll use that today as kind of a theme. And then as we go along, we'll also we'll open to mindfulness of emotion, mindfulness of thought. So all of it is really uh, possible for us to bring awareness to, and none of it has to be a problem. So in this endeavor also, this is partly the reason for kind of these guidelines around, okay, let go of the cell phones or let go of the reading, the writing, because we already spend a lot of time in the field of our mind, of our ideas about things. So we're trying to kind of balance it out, give ourselves a chance to uh, pay attention and be connected to direct experience of life also uh, through the other sense fields. So for the, um, the writing thing, it's because when we are writing a lot, we're, particularly in kind of a journaling way, we're kind of describing our life. And there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, here we want to emphasize being fully present in the experience of it rather than thinking about it, describing it, or creating some idea of like who I am. Now, even without writing about it, you're going to be constantly creating ideas of who you are in the mind. And you'll observe as you start to pay attention how much we actually spend thinking about ourselves in different ways. The favorite like, star of the show of our thinking, usually. Uh, so the, someone asked, like, is it okay to take notes here in the uh, meditation hall if something that uh, you know, Pascal says is super helpful that you want to write down? Um, so it's okay if you, if you really want to do that, but just keep it really short. And um, in general, otherwise, uh, I'd say just take in what the instructions are and the teaching and then just try to practice it in that way. Likewise, for the support of being present, just to clarify something about the uh, instruction about uh, letting go of using um, alcohol, drugs, recreational drugs, so this doesn't include if you're taking medications that support your physical or mental well-being. So if you're on some kind of prescription medication from a doctor that helps you either physically or mentally, then I would say keep taking that. Um, because what we're doing is a challenging um, experience for the mind and the body. So we just want to give ourselves the most supportive conditions possible for that. So let's try it, shall we? So we'll uh, take a, a posture for the meditation. Uh, maybe this is a good time to talk a little bit about posture, where you feel like you can sit there relatively comfortably uh, for the period. And uh, as I say that, know that there is no posture that will be fully comfortable. And you probably could spend a lot of time looking for that perfect posture. Uh, eventually uh, the body will start complaining, like however it is. So kind of do your best to take a posture that's not immediately going to be painful or difficult for you. And there's a variety of ways you can sit. So you can sit cross-legged, like my friend Pascal is here. And uh, he's sitting with his legs like this. That's one way you could do it. Or some people 
do sort of like half lotus, put their foot up here. Look, he's going to demonstrate. Or, let's see if he could do this, even sometimes they do full lotus. Maybe not. I might stay there for the whole day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is a very flexible, uh, flexible hips mostly, is what enables you to do that if you are going to do that. Um, But you don't have to do that. Basically, any posture that will help you to be aware, uh, alert, uh, and also uh, hopefully not fall asleep. Uh, Okay, so one more demonstration posture is you could also sit with a bench or even with a cushion kind of kneeling down, right? And um, maybe I don't know if he has the cushion proper for doing that. But in this, you can um, either take a round cushion and put it on its edge or use the benches. Um, And yeah, for some people, that's a comfortable posture. You could play with how many cushion you want to put. Some people put two cushions, something like that. Um, And... Yeah, you can keep your hands however they're comfortable. We're not uh, too picky about that in this uh, tradition, on your knees like that, or sometimes you can put it like that if you want. It's good. When if you're sitting cross-legged, sometimes people find like one uh, leg touches the ground with the knee and the other one doesn't. And if that's the case, you could use some of these smaller cushions in the back to kind of prop, put a little prop there. Uh, so... You know, the knee joint only bends this one way. It's not like a ball joint. So you don't want to stress it out by um, trying to force it to do something. Um, So we can play with it a little bit, you know, as the time goes. And uh, sitting on a chair is also a totally legitimate and good posture for meditation. Uh, That's the one that I use, as you can see. Um, The main posture that I use uh, maybe for the last at least seven, eight years Uh, If you're sitting on a chair, it could be good to also consider this uh, posture in which, um, for stability's sake, you have kind of three points, like your two feet and then your butt on the chair. So kind of a tripod, so that helps you not feel wobbly. And then if it's not hard for your back, sometimes it can be helpful to not fully lean back in the chair, you know, to keep yourself like uh, sitting on your sitting bones, your spine kind of upright. So the upright spine thing in all of the postures can help you to be uh, alert in some way. Uh, It also is fine if you want to sit sometimes uh, for some of the practice periods on the ground and sometimes to sit in a chair, so that's okay. And we have a lot of chairs uh, in the back for that. Um, If you're doing that, it could be good to, um, you know, when you want to go sit on a chair, sit there, but then uh, move your stuff back when you sit on the ground just so that that chair is open for someone else a different time. Um, But basically in each of these periods, morning, afternoon, evening, we'll have um, two sitting periods. So, uh, and then several walking periods as well. We'll give the walking um, meditation instructions right after this period. And you might notice in the schedule that before the first sitting, there's also a period when if you don't have a work uh, meditation, you could do walking meditation. And you could do that for the whole period or for part of the period. Part of the... uh, Part of what's helpful in retreat is uh, to orient very gently towards continuity of practice. So for those of you who have been on retreat before, uh, that means you could include continuity of the whole period of days. Uh, Or if that seems overwhelming, if you haven't done it that much, maybe the whole day. But if you're new to the retreat, then you could consider, if it doesn't seem too hard, 
the whole morning period sort of as one thing, and then the whole afternoon period as one thing, the whole evening period. And so during that time, we're practicing in different postures awareness, but it's kind of a similar uh, thread of feeling the body, being with the breath, then we'll do walking, and then we'll come back in and sit. And that builds our uh, ability to be present just little by little. So I say little by little because as we do this practice, uh, there will be hundreds, if not thousands, maybe even millions perhaps, of times when uh, you feel like you've lost, lost it, like you're not, uh, know what's going on or you're lost in thought. And that is totally and completely fine. You know, totally and completely fine. And our practice is just to keep coming back, right? Coming back, coming back. And in this way, just like beginning anything, you know, you're not necessarily going to be, uh, quote-unquote, like, good at it. Like, your attention is not going to be trained already, likely. So just be very patient and very uh, compassionate with your mind, with your heart, with your body, too, as we go along. Sometimes the uh, metaphorist uses, like, okay, we're training the, the attention, we're training the mind uh, to be steady. But it's kind of like training a puppy to sit and the uh, puppy dog of the mind is not already trained to do that. So it probably is going to be like, sit, and then it smells something and runs off. And then sit, and then it falls asleep. And then, okay, sit, and then it starts itching and running in circles. And then, okay, sit, and then so on. Right? So like uh, with the puppy dog, there's no need to get mad at it. You just keep, you know, gently coming back very patiently, like, okay, stay stay, stay, uh, and little by little it, uh, it gets trained. Yeah. So we'll uh, feel yourself in your posture first. You can notice like whatever the posture is, um, what it feels like to sit here. So the body is our friend in this practice. The body can be an ally. And this practice of, of becoming fully embodied is a very profound thing, uh, particularly for us as LGBTQ people, you know, We've had many messages that are like, you know, you don't belong here, and to vacate the body. So practicing coming back and being present as best we can is really very profound and uh, even a radical act for us. So feeling your connection to your seat, taking our seat with dignity, with our full presence, as is our right to do on this earth. And as you're sitting here, you can, if you feel comfortable, gently close your eyes. If you're feeling very sleepy, it's okay. You can keep your eyes open, but maybe gazing downwards a little bit. So as we're sitting here, there probably will be three different experiences through the sense doors that happen. So the experience of the body, the experience of hearing, and the experience of thinking. So if you like, in the beginning, we can open to the experience of hearing. 
So just allowing your attention to rest in the field of hearing. And allow all the different sensations that come through that to arise and pass away. Come and go as they do, whatever they are. There could be loud sounds or soft sounds or sounds in the distance. Just let them all be as they are. And if you like, you can shift your attention back to feeling your body here. And it can help sometimes in the beginning of uh, sitting to try to relax the body. So you could notice, for example, how it is in the muscles of the face. So you can take a breath in and as you breathe out, just try to relax around the jaw, for example. Breathe in, and as you breathe out, try to relax around the eyes, just through letting go of any unnecessary tension that's being held there. You can notice if there's unnecessary tension in the shoulders. Just as we exhale, just try to let go. and even inside the body, the belly or any unnecessary tension there is. And we can just notice that the body is breathing already. We don't need to breathe in any special way. It's already breathing. So we can just bring awareness to what it's really like to experience this breathing. So you can notice wherever it's easiest to feel that. 
could be you feel the whole body expanding and contracting, or just the chest, or belly rising and falling. It could be you notice it at the nostrils, or wherever it's easiest to notice that. We can use this as a primary place to rest the attention, even though other things will happen in our experience. And if you like, you can even try using a very light mental note to just label what you are experiencing. So breathing in, breathing out, or just in, out. Most of the attention on the direct experience of the breathing, whether that's cold or hot, expanding, contracting, vibrating, tingling. Just very lightly subtitling what you are paying attention to. You can let sounds be in the background. You can let thoughts be in the background if that's possible. I'm simply sitting here doing nothing, feeling the body breathing.
So you can notice where your attention is. And if it's gone to some area of the mind, you could just label that thinking, planning, remembering. Just notice that that's happened. And then very gently, kindly, bring the attention back to noticing the breath, the body. In, out, breathing in, breathing out. You can see how closely you can connect to this direct experience of life through the breath.
just being present as best we can with some openness. And if you've noticed that you were lost for a while, that's okay. You can almost smile at your mind, just have a sense of kindness. And try to relax again and just connect again with the body breathing, very simply.
So in a moment you hear the sound of the bell that marks the end of our sitting. If you like, you can shift your attention to the field of hearing. Listen to the bell as it's ringing all the way through. And if the attention wavers from that, you could notice and gently bring it back again. And listening to the bell until it's all rung through. So for those of you who are new, we do this little bow thing at the end. It's totally optional. If you want to do it, you can. You don't have to. It's a kind of a sign of um, respect in the tradition for uh, each other, for doing the practice together. And also it's kind of a recognition of all of our capacity for uh, awakening. Or you could even just consider it a thank you for sitting quietly with me. And uh, it's not always an easy thing to do. Uh, So kind of a gratitude for our practicing together, but it's totally optional. So you notice when you hear the sound of the bell, it actually lasts like longer than you think sometimes uh, when you are trying to be with it all the way through. And in some ways, that's what the, the opportunity to do on retreat is to listen to something or feel something all the way through in a way that we don't usually give ourselves the opportunity to do. So even with breathing, we do it all the time, but we don't usually pay attention to it. So can we actually connect with the experience of the beginning of the breath and feeling ourselves inhale and then seeing if there's a space there and then the full exhale. And there's a lot to be learned when we pay attention to our lives with this kind of uh, full attention, even to very simple things. So we'll also do the same with uh, walking. So Pascal will explain how this is done. So if you've looked at the, at the schedule, you see there's a, it alternates a lot between sitting and walking practice. And the walking practice um, 
can be a very powerful uh, practice. So be careful if um, you um, think of it as you looked at the schedule. You might be new to meditation or I've done it for a number of times and really think of it as something like, oh, on the side, like a little uh, break, recess, pause in, in between the sits. Because in this tradition, we value it to the same, uh, we give it the same value as the sitting practice. It's formal practice, very, very potent and extremely simple. Uh, the way we do it is we can do this inside. So under here, there is a walking room. Uh, as you come out in the hall, you can go above and there's an inner walking room also. But uh, here there's all these a little paths and um, courtyard there, places where we can uh, walk all around, really. And the practice is very, very simple. We walk a few feet, steps, pace, maybe 10, 15, 20, 25 pace, not that much longer. And then we stop, turn around, and come back to the same kind of starting point. And we do this back and forth. So it's a very, very simple thing. We're not going on a walk. Going on a walk is something else uh, that you might do at the, uh, after the meal, maybe, or early in the morning or in the, uh, in the break times. So in this practice, this is the formal uh, practice of walking back and forth. And in the same way that we um, discover this body's breathing and notice how we can be there and everything that takes us out of the moment. Have you noticed some of these things? How the mind will maybe habitually or obsessively or uh, drift or get caught in different things. So chances... The, are the same thing might happen as you do walking. You'll start walking, you'll stand up and think, okay, let me, let's see if I can actually be there as I walk to the other side to reach the tree or the wall. Or, and let me see if I can be there. And you'll walk and then maybe at the other end you say, oh my God, gone again in planning or in how do I look or am I doing this right or I should be somewhere else or... Uh, you know, the mind will trick us. And so we actually do this practice so these tricks are revealed. So it's not like uh, sometimes we feel like we're failing. Oh my God, I got lost again. No, I'm noticing how the mind gets captured. Where the attention goes habitually, obsessively, it goes back to the past. It goes forward to a made-up future, usually really bad, you know where I'm alone, nobody loves me, and, yeah. and so we'll see the creations of the mind, what it does. And so it requires a lot of uh, maybe compassion, friendliness, maybe a little playfulness. Of course, the mind will do this. It's been trained in so many ways, you know, to exit, to uh, be uh, captured, uh, kidnapped uh, in some ways, you know by stories, right? And so in the walking, it's the same as in the sitting. We walk in this very simple form. And why we stop after a few feet? It's because when we stop, we might remember, oh my God, I had the intention to be here, but I was gone. So there's a kind of a, we can reset at that moment, stop, feel the body standing, turn around, and walk back from where we came from. So, in doing this, maybe we'll uh, 
have the opportunity to, uh, especially here in this beautiful environment, today is a beautiful day, so uh, maybe you have a hat, something to cover your, your skin a little bit from the sun, or uh, if you're outside. And uh, we're, this is an opportunity to actually be touched by the world, by nature. So you don't have to shut down as you do this. We're actually doing this to become more alive. So, you know, maybe you'll be in the courtyard, you'll stand and just feel the quality of the air. Maybe you'll be standing first in shade or in sun. What's that experience like? You know, the warmth touching the body or the brightness of the sun. The body being uh, standing is a different experience than the experience you have now. Yeah. So just to feel this, tune in, however it's possible, not more, not just like see what can be felt, what can be known fully, experienced, feel that. And then if you start walking, you might feel the body uh, moving in space. Or you might feel the stepping. What is this experience of stepping? We do this all the time. So here we really come back to things that we take a lot for granted or, you know, like, oh, sit, sitting. I've sat, I sat all the time. I've been sitting for 30, 40, 50 years, you know. I know what sitting is, you know. No, what is sitting now? Like if I had never sat before. Or what is it like to be here now for us? in this room together now. So there's a, we invite a little extra attention. Usually we have a superficial attention, kind of notice things. And here we, I don't know if slow down is definitely one way to do it, but I like this expression. I don't know if it, I'm from a different language, but tune in seems like a good way to express, like really tune in. What is it like to be in a body right now? Can I allow this body to be what it is right now? Maybe a little achy, comfortable, uncomfortable. You know, can I allow that just for now to be like this? Can I allow the freshness or the warmth to be experienced? Some of the things we'll experience as we do walking and in all our lives are pleasant. Some of the things we experience are unpleasant. And here we try to see if we can Allow even the unpleasant to be there just for now. Oh, there's a little ache in the lower back because of the sitting. Can that be allowed in reality, just, just now? Often, you know, we go, oh, I don't want this, I want something. Can that be here now? It's a radical practice, and we'll see what discoveries we can make around that. So let's uh, try this just a little bit here. And what we'll do is we'll stand up. Be careful. Often when we stand up, we do it to be up. Here, in the whole retreat, it's a little bit of a different bent on things. Is I stand up, yes, to be up, but I stand up also to uh, cultivate connection. So as I stand up, can I be there and feel the body stand, standing up? I don't have to be weird in any way. You know, <laughs> but just see if you can actually be there or if you disappear and reappear when you're up. You know? So I invite you to stand up and just feel the movement, whatever is noticeable.
as the body unfolds, you might feel tingling or uprightness. And look at that, the body is still breathing. Something we don't notice all the time. You might become aware of the experience of the feet touching the ground, maybe heaviness or touch or pressure there. So it's a strange practice and we don't think so much about the world and think we experience it, that's mindfulness practice. We experience standing now. And if you want, just for fun or exploration, you could um, let your weight uh, sway or shift to one leg and just feel that experience of shifting. Maybe shifting back and forth a little bit at your own pace. Allowing this to be known as fully as possible, not more, not less. And come back to relative stillness, maybe. As you will, when you will reach the end of your little path there, outside or inside, you'll stand for a second or two. And then if you want to do this extreme sport now, or of taking a step forward. See if you can be there as you do that. What's that experience like to step? And step maybe again. And then step. So as we do this, that looks very kind of benign or maybe even boring at first. But what we're actually doing is uh, some kind of neuroplasticity. That's one way to talk about this. It's what we'll be cultivating, maybe progressively, slowly, or maybe quickly, who knows. Is What we'll be doing is we'll uh, develop curiosity for what is happening. So getting, uh, instead of being entranced by who I am, who I was, who I will be, who I could be, who I will be after the retreat, or how I will fail the retreat, or succeed, be the best or the worst, or, you know, whatever. We come back to actually what's happening here. And so we develop interest for what is actually happening here. That's uh, pretty powerful stuff. So we're developing some kind of curiosity. And maybe, I mean, there's many things we might be, uh, we will be developing. I'm naming just a few here. Another one that I find particularly uh, helpful in life is by doing just this, bringing attention to the sitting, the breathing, the hearing, or the moving in space, uh, what might be developed is contentment. It's really interesting. Suddenly, you know, when I think I might need to be somebody else or be somewhere else in life or have access to that particular thing that I don't have here, as I pay attention, I might actually open the door to contentment, where the mind for just a few seconds or several might suddenly get interested in just the activity of 
the feet lending, just that, the feet lending, and the mind might like gather around that and really feel that. And suddenly it becomes full of reality. So I go from like an experience of lack or something else should be happening in my life, you know, and what is my deep purpose? And, and suddenly there's just stepping and there's a, you know, falling away of all this complexity in the mind and there's just this. And you might feel this here this week at some point by sitting on the bench outside and just, I don't know, hear, hearing the birds or some, just the wind slightly touching the skin. And for a second, the mind will open in this way. Wow, this is plenty of reality. I don't need to be somebody else. This, this is full here. And what we'll practice here is uh, maybe gaining access to this in various ways, and then bringing this to our lives, where we'll be able to actually bring that, maybe, to even difficult situation. Wow, here we are in the conflict, let's say, with somebody. Wow, I can actually be totally present to this misunderstanding or this thing that is not happening. This is full of reality. Do you follow me here? So that I don't have to shut down, explode, that I can be actually totally present and maybe appropriate, do what is uh, needed for integrity, for clarity, for healing, for, you know, and in this way feel some kind of freedom, even when the world is imperfect, as we know it to be, right? Okay, wow, he's out there, this guy. <laughs> Just in this walking. Uh, and so, and of course, again, you know, you'll be doing this, and, and what will come up is doubt, like, why am I doing this? We look crazy, you know, and I want to be, the, I should be doing something else. Dancing is much better, or Tai Chi, you know, and just come back to the simple form and see if you can actually have balance, if you can be in that form, if it's possible. For some of our bodies, 45 minutes of walking might be too long, yeah? So it's really important to have integrity and care for yourself. So what is possible for this body? What is appropriate? And so it might be that after a number of minutes, it's, uh, it's time for you to actually sit to care for this aching uh, or uh, wounded back or something like that. Right? Uh, and so this discernment is invited in here. But this is not going to be absolutely comfortable. It's just not going to happen here this week, or maybe for a few seconds here and there. Discomfort is part of the all-experience. Physical, some physical discomfort, and of course, some emotional discomfort, you know, because, you know, it'll be a little longer than we would want it to be, or a little shorter than we would want it to be, or, you know, how the world is. It doesn't do exactly what we want it to do a lot of the time. But we learn in this practice to be in the middle of that. Okay, so one little maybe uh, thing that could be helpful. When you do the walking, try to not cross path with somebody else because it gets very complex suddenly. It's like, oh, you go, I go, you know. So if you go upstairs, do the walking, you walk in a way, not in the long, long side of the, but kind of the shorter length. And so you can walk back and forth. If you walk in the courtyard, you'll see people will... uh, 
suggest a way to walk from the doors to the outside. Try to walk in this way so we're not all walking like this. So then there'll be more simplicity for us. You can also walk in the path there. Questions about the walking? Okay. Please, if uh, possible, enjoy and enjoy this beautiful day. We'll be back here in 45, 40 minutes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.